to the Canvas Data Science Meetup Group. Happy to have you all here. It could be the best Canvas Data Science Meetup yet. So there's some real cool things that we'll cover today. So I think you'll be in for a treat. So without further ado, how about I jump into it and then we can talk about the data and statistics in Canvas Insights as we go. So, so for those of you we started last February and we've been collecting data steadily throughout the year. We've hit so many cities. We've hit Oklahoma, Oregon, we've got Colorado, Washington, lately we've been looking a lot at Massachusetts, and really just looking at states all over the country. And so the reason we're doing this is we're trying to essentially build nice collection mechanisms so that way people can collect data for themselves. So here I've just started an ongoing list of all the states, whether or not they have cannabis data or not, and then what we've done about collecting data. We need to start completing some of these, and so some of these are near completion. So for example, Illinois, we're near completion, near completion in Massachusetts, Connecticut, and really just tie up some of the loose ends. And so it will be exciting as we start to check off the boxes for each of these states. Washington also can start to to move this towards completion, but still so much data wrestling to do that are you ever finished? So this is a nice ongoing project. So if you want to get your hands on the scripts or you contribute, definitely you know give the repository spar and then if you watch the repository you can get notified whenever there are updates. So whenever I post the latest code, maybe we're able to make it to the meet to, to the meetup that week. Well, you can still get notified that the latest presentation was just uploaded. And in general, and from now on, I'm going to try to upload the meetups one hour before the actual meetup. That way you can get in here and start familiarizing yourself with the script or even get your hands on the data ahead of time. So that way you can potentially follow along. But it's not critical. This is here for perpetuity. So feel free to enjoy. It's all licensed under the MIT license. So simply include the copyright and the license and your off to the races to use the code however you see fit. So that's just a quick introduction to what we're doing here in the group. And so as I teased, we're in for treat today. So first thing first, start with the data. 
I've compiled all of the data that we've collected diligently throughout the Hey, I'm not trying to be a like begging chooser or whatever. Um, maybe somebody in the chat room. I can't access my chat, um, but the quality of maybe it's mine or your audio is kind of sporadic slash choppy. Oh. oh, Graham, I've been trying to get in touch with you. Can I copy your uh, LinkedIn format on your description? I don't really have a built-up LinkedIn yet. I have one from prior to my disability, but you can totally get in touch with me with my LinkedIn. No, I can't because you have um, yeah, premium, so... I don't have premium, so I can't message you. So I tried connecting with you. I can't do that. So I have a year and a half of employment to um, a gap to uh, explain. I can't be on camera right now. I'm pretty sick. Um, anyway, so great. Um, maybe I'll get in touch with you so many uh, another way. So anyway, Keegan, um, your audio is kind of uh, jumping around. Yes. So let's do another catch. Am I coming in any better? Mm, not really. Maybe somebody else can comment. Maybe somebody else feels the same way. I'll let them speak. I can try to reduce some of my bandwidth, but is it unbearable to continue or? Not by my, I mean, I'm going to let somebody else determine that, but I feel like I, I can only hear every few of your words, not every word, so. I think, Keegan, yes. I think it's going to need to be more of a visual. You're going to have to speak slower. It's just because we have enough people in here that it may lag a little bit. Just because of internet connection. But um, okay. also, I posted my email in the in-call messages. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and it's still Graham like the cracker, but I would love to be in touch with people in Maryland that use medical cannabis. Thank you. I was just, um, yeah, because you have premium, I wasn't able to uh, connect so awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, am I still with you? Yep. Okay, well, I'll try to do mostly visual. So today we are going to look at all the data we've collected through the, the year so far. So as you can see, we've collected a lot of data points from many states. So just a quick overview of, of the goal of today. So we've looked at the various states. 
Well, today we're going to try to forecast for all these states. So the ones we've at least collected data for, so Illinois, Massachusetts, Washington, Colorado, and Oregon. And we'll apply the Ten Commandments of Forecasting. So we're going to be forecasting sales. We're doing this so that everybody has a nice transparent model for their own value and their own understanding of the industry. So we're making this public knowledge. We're acknowledging that our forecasts are imperfect, so people should not put too much stake in our forecasts since we've done these fairly quickly. Our forecast horizon will be 2022 because much further than 2022 and we start to lose credibility and predictability and much shorter than that and it's not as valuable. So we'll be predicting 2022. We're going to use an a-theoretical model today. So we'll just use total sales as well as just a few natural things like month effects. We'll use the a theoretical model just to keep it simple. As a as a reader of Edward Tuft, I always emphasize that you should put a lot of work into presenting your results in a beautiful informational way. So visualizing data is key, especially to explaining data to other people. Then we'll analyze our forecasts. And the coolest thing is we can iterate on this. So coming into 2022, we'll be able to judge all of our forecasts that we've made. And then if our forecast model is really poor, then we can think about ways to improve it. So, and then we'll go back to step one. So this is sort of an iterative process that you can follow to forecast. So without further ado, Let's do some forecasts. So I've just read in a handful of useful packages here. DateUtil is a new one that we haven't used yet. And so this we'll be using to manipulate time. And so the other ones, Matplotlib, Pandas, PMD, Rima, Seaborn, we've touched on these before. And then these are just a couple handy helper functions. So first things first, let's get our pause on the data. That's not what we want.
And so, you know, you can start to You know, we can start to just do summary statistics, right? We've got total sales, you know, we're starting to look at retailers, we've got the population, we're even starting to get things like prices. So we know we've got the data here. Now, first things first, we need to look at the data, right? Because this is just a pile of numbers here. So here I'm just going to add a time index simply to Still getting new to VS Code's hotkeys, so bear with me. I like the visual interface a little better sometimes for VS Code, but I'm still getting used to it, so, so bear with me. <laughs> but we've got some good visualizations coming up, so let's just go ahead and, and get to these. So first things first, let's just look at the total sales. So this is the data that we've diligently collected starting in February and throughout the year. I still have to add the Oklahoma data and then there are a few other states that I think we could easily add. Well, maybe not easily, but we could try to add such as California. I haven't tried to add Arizona yet. So there's still a few more states to add, but these are the ones that we've covered. So Colorado, of course, at the top. And so as you can see, Colorado has quite a, quite a head start. So it'll be interesting to see if the other states, you know, get to the level of sales that Colorado is currently at. Illinois has recently overtaken Washington for total sales. So that's an interesting observation. And then of course, we've noted that Massachusetts is quite volatile. So whereas you see Oregon, Washington, and Colorado, increased sales in April and May of 2020, you see, right, the spike, uh, the, the downward spike in sales to zero in Massachusetts as stores were closed. Um, and then they were just open for about a week in May. So that's why sales are low during that period. So it's real interesting because Massachusetts is the only state that really closed stores. So there's potentially, you know, differential analysis that can be done there to parse out uh, various effects of cannabis consumption. I mean, there's a myriad of studies you could do. So, so, so keep that in mind. And then we ha just have limited sales data for Maryland, and then here's Maine, uh, which has a, a small population, which explains the small number of sales, but that Maine even may have a disproportionately low number of sales. And 
maybe because they're right next door to Massachusetts. Who knows? Um, one thing that Maine does have are prices. Just checking, is the audio coming in to the point where you can follow along? Yes, thank you so much. Awesome. Sorry, I didn't do a good job of relaying back the uh, appropriate feedback. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Heather. Just, it's got to be, <laughs> otherwise, uh, what's, what's the point of listening? So, okay, anyway, moving along. We've got the price per gram in just a couple of states, but this is a valuable data point. And so it would be awesome to add this data point in more states. We could add it in Washington. It's just going to take a lot of work. So be, in, be on the eye out for price data because it's valuable. But what we can observe is, you know, Maine and Massachusetts have comparable prices with Maine originally being above Massachusetts and current day below. Interestingly, Oregon is famous for their um, prices falling through the floor prices. So it's really going to be tough to explain what's going on in Oregon. So I don't have a ready explanation. There may be things going on with, you know, black market cannabis, or it just could be just a ton of supply. There just could just be a right licensing may be quite easy in Oregon. So there may just be a, a ton of supply and, pri and prices have just gone down. Another thing is it could be a time effect. So it could be that, you know, Oregon and Washington, they've had cannabis for several for for many years now going on a decade for washington and so you may just expect the market dynamics the you know the players that have operated in there they've found ways to cut prices right the producers have found ways to grow more efficiently people have found economies of scale demand may have risen. Well, actually, that may not be the case. That would that would that would push prices up. Um, so I'm thinking so probably more supply side factors. So things that would push supply up. So either an increase in supply or better technology. So it could just be that people in Oregon just have much, much better cultivation technology than they do in Massachusetts and Maine. Um, it could be cheaper to produce cannabis in Oregon than it is to produce cannabis in Massachusetts and Maine, right? So people may be doing growing outdoor, which may be harder to do in Massachusetts and Maine. So that could be a factor as well. I think we had so, a question coming from the audience. Oh, yes. And the question would be? No, um, I raised my hand, but I was just going to add what Keegan just said. It was very intellectual, and, you know, it does make sense. I know why it happened, and Keegan has said it, but I'm 
I'm just wondering what Keegan's going to say next. I'm learning a lot. That's why Andre is my hand. Awesome. And, and don't let me steal the show because ultimately it's a meetup, right? So it, it'd be, you're right. The idea is to, to have a conversation. So don't let me steal the show. I, I just... I just put this together just to kind of have some guiding direction for the group. So, so if I ramble along too long and you've got a good comment, then definitely uh, chime in. So, so that was the main points I had for pricing. So just, it'll be interesting to observe how things go. So, I think we did forecasts of Oregon prices earlier in the year, and we need to check those. And I actually predicted that Oregon prices would increase through 2021. I called it, you know, inflation um, of cannabis prices, but you're still seeing deflation of cannabis prices with prices going down in Oregon. Um, so re real interesting. And so only time will tell. And so we'll just keep tracking these. So we'll keep tracking Maine and Massachusetts and Oregon and add Washington to the mix and see if we can't add some more. Okay. Now time for the fun bits. So we've got all this awesome sales data here. And actually, we can maybe predict prices, so that could be a novel exercise. But what I put together is um, predicting sales. Actually, prices may be more interesting, so we'll maybe try to save time to predict prices. But basically, I won't spend too much time on the code, um, since the, the, the data is more interesting than the code. but Long story short, we're just going to iterate over the states. We get the data for a specific state. So, I need to quit doing that. We'll get the data for a specific state. Colorado data. And then there's two ways to do this. The first way I'm going to, I'll, I'll just start with the, the month fixed effects and then show you uh, the potential problem with those. But basically, I'm just going to add a dummy variable here for the month. So that way, we just have a zero or one, depending on the month. Then I'm going to define the forecast horizon. So basically, we don't quite have data through the end of the year. So we only have data for Colorado through October. So we'll actually have to forecast November, December, 
and then the 12 months of 2022. But we'll do that, no, no, no problem. And then we just have to forecast our month effects, which we can do with 100% accuracy because we always know what month it's going to be. So this is a point. If you're going to be adding fixed effects for forecasting, you also have to forecast your, your effects. And so that can introduce, you know, additional error into your model. Um, using month is just a, a, a real easy one. And then, and I'll show you why here in a second, but why the, the downside, but we're sort of going to be using the, the black box auto arena that PMD Arima provides to the forecast. And I'll, so the pros and the cons about using packages are, the pros are, right, there are many built-in features and, right, there are many, many contributors to right to really iron out the code the downside is it's a bit of a black box and i'm not 100 percent certain it's using my fixed effects correctly um so long story short may end up sort of writing code to do this myself but for now we'll use the auto arena package and i'll show you here in a second um I'm a little worried about it. Um, but long story short, we're just using what's called the Box Jenkins methodology, which is you just take a series, you look at its past behavior, and you try to forecast the future path of the variable. And so this would be Colorado and for whatever reason, it's not, there's always a dip wherever, whichever month I exclude. So, I wonder, unless it's excluding a form, but it shouldn't be. So, long story short is, that, right, there's, um, And then I'll show you what it's like to not include the, the month fixed effects. So for whatever reason, now there's a large dip in April. So there's something wrong with, well, maybe there's not necessarily wrong, but um, I'm highly skeptical about what's going on with these fixed effects. So I don't love it. I do think it's important to control for things like the month effects, but I'm not certain I'm doing it correctly. 
So I just kind of wanted to show you that. And then what would happen if you just, you know, excluded the month effects entirely? Well, I probably don't need to run all of this. But. Well, then we just use an autoregressive process and we don't have the, the, the dynamics that you would really expect out of a, a true, like an actual series. So this is, would in, in just, so that's sort of what's going on. And just to kind of show you this in a better visualization with all the months, so now that you can kind of see what's going on, actually here, let's do it first without the month fixed effects. So here, just going to iterate over all of the states and do this forecast. And then down here, I've uh, plotted it in a decent plot. So sorry that I'm rushing through the code, but I think the data and visualizations are going to be more interesting. So here you can kind of see the forecast with the in here, I can make this larger. So here you can see just, if we just use the autoregressive forecast without any month effects, then the most recent observations and direction really influences our prediction. So for example, in Colorado, because the last few observations were decreasing, we, we predict a decreasing trend. Similarly with Washington, peculiar, peculiarly, we predict the downwards trend in Illinois. Massachusetts, super tough to predict because it's just had this you know volatile number of sales and so you know our forecast is really naive and it's kind of based on this last dip but you know we may actually see massachusetts you know return to a to a higher level and then you know we were not predicting too much change in maryland maybe a, a slight positive increase and then you know we we're predicting a, a drop off in maine which also i'm not i am not quite certain about so those would just be the autoregressive trends that we would forecast. And then if we add in the month effects, which I say I'm not very certain about, um, but they, you'll see, they, they seem to give more plausible forecasts except for the month excluded. So, you know, so something's, some fix is going to need to happen to, better account for that but that's why 
remember our, you know, Ten Commandments of forecasting. You know, it's in uh, the forecasting models are going to evolve over time. So, so now that you've been warned about that this model is far, far from perfect um, because something is going on here. Here are, you know, essentially forecasts for the various states. And here, if you include the month effects, besides from this unrealistic drop in January, which I need to fix, I think it's something to do with how the the model the models predicting Graham, question yeah keegan um um from my time as a data scientist this looks a lot like artificial error and stuff what you're saying basically stuff with the model and how you put in the month excluded um, I'm not sure what's happening. My best guess is that sales data keeps some sort of running sum in its forecast, and the plus or minus on each month, each delta T state, is what changes month to month. Mm -hmm. And when you exclude that month, you also exclude that running total. So that month exclusion principle may be excluding that running total as well. I'm not sure, but I'm going to make a hard guess that it has something to do with how it handles that month excluded. And you're 100% correct. And so, unfortunately, actually, I can actually tinker with this and, and make sure that this is correct. So watch for a e message from me later today if I fix this. But so, something's going on. I actually wrote this function myself. So... I can double check to see if the breakdown was in there, but I've got a bad feeling I'm going to have to write the Narima model with exogenous effects, uh, which is not the end of the world, but, um, it, you know, that, that's why <laughs> I first, you know, reach for some packages, but a lot of times with statistics, it doesn't hurt to, to do it yourself because statistics are high stake and they're hard to get right. So that was what I did a lot um, when I was in school was it was basically just writing, just kind of double checking statistics that, you know, these statistical packages produce, you know, making sure the variances are correct and this and that. And like I said, you know, nine, probably 95% of the time you're going to be golden, but, but something's going on here and I'm not super confident about these forecasts. So 
So it's unfortunate, but as you've learned, uh, I don't, in the cannabis data science group, we never really let these hurdles slow us down or at least not too much. And so we're going to acknowledge that our forecast in January is messed up. And then that may even bias our future result or future forecast as well. So our forecasts are going to be biased, but any number, well, not necessarily, but in this case, I feel that any number is better than no number. So long story short, it would just be nice to have a number for what 2022 sales may be, even if, you know, it, it may be wildly off and we revise our forecast in the future. So, so long story short, this model needs to get fixed. So keep that in mind with, uh, with the numbers I'm about to show you. But I think we're on the right track. If we can correct January, then we get plausible fluctuation and we even we're, we're even able to to get Massachusetts to the to to have its its unique cyclical trend so so the month effects I think are important but just need to get fixed so with that said we can the last bit was basically to analyze our forecasts. So I thought the simplest way to do it would just be to count the amount of sales that'll happen in 2022. So just to run that bit of code for you. Sorry, I'm rushing through the code, but the nice thing is it'll be on GitHub for you to double check and um you know to read through so even with our our not very believable forecasted dip in january you know we're still predicting and so basically what I'm going to say is I think all of these estimates are biased downwards because I don't think we're capturing January sales correctly. So, so I think these are, are going to be sort of my like lower limit forecasts for these states. So you, you've heard it here, December 22nd, 2021, Keegan Skeet, and the Cannabis Data Science Meetup Group made these predictions. Um, so I'm predicting that Colorado will have at least 1.6 billion in sales in 2022. This may be lower than other people's forecasts. I've heard some forecast for Colorado as much as 2 billion per in 2022 so 
So my forecast is a, you know, a little lower than that, 1.6, but it's biased downwards. Illinois predicting will be just shy of 1 billion in sales in 2022. So 934 million. That's a, and I'll try to put that into perspective here in a minute because these are really large figures and it's hard to conceptualize the, this amount of, of money. So we'll do that in a second. Massachusetts, 680 million. Maryland, actually not that far behind. And so that's why we may want to um, fix Massachusetts forecast because I wouldn't be surprised if Massachusetts comes in a lot above 680 million in 2022. But at least we have an estimate. Maine, around 74 million. Oregon, around 1 billion in 2022. And this is biased downwards, I think. And then Washington, around 1.2 billion. And so we have the, the populations of the various states. So, you know, you could start to see, well, Well, we could actually potentially look at that because basically sales per person would be sort of GDP per person. And that would be about how much better off uh, people in these the states are. Um, so actually, so a couple of uh, statistics that these will just be kind of for fun. Um, so, so one thing that uh, metric that I'd like to to use is number of schools. And so, in my hometown, a few years back, they built a new school for I want to say two million dollars. That sounds low. But I swear that's what it was. But, you know, let's say, um, you know, a new school, you know, costs, you know, $5 million. So, so now we could, you know, start to, you know, measure, you know, sales as um, in terms of, you know, the number of new schools. Um, so... Uh, but of, of course, you know, you can't uh, tax people 100%. So, you know, you could just say, oh, you know, what happens if, you know, you did, a, you know, a tax of just say like 7% or something. So, this long story short is that I'm sort of doing this as a lesson for some of the, the states that may not have permitted adult use yet, we'll just kind of do a thought exercise here and just say, okay, if you taxed 
all of this revenue at 7%, how many you know, new schools uh, could, you, could you build in 2022? Um, so let's see if we can't do this. Um, I'm just kind of spitballing this here just for fun. Um, so let's see if we can't do this. So they're going to get that amount of sales and they'll tax it at 7%. And then you'll divide that by the cost of a, a new school. So, so, so that state, you know, could build with um, as many, you know, new schools. But let's do this first, and then we'll we'll look at sort of the GDP per person. Um, so let's let's just try this. Like I said, I'm just sort of just sort of spitballing this here. But you know, so we're saying you know a new school costs five million, which I don't know if that's accurate or not. But let's say that's the price of a really nice school. Well, you know, Colorado, you know, if they just, um, and of course, all of these states are already taxed, but, you know, like I said, this is sort of a, a thought exercise for, for some new states, um, and they may th be thinking about what to set their tax rates at and what they may want to spend their money on and how far it'll go. Well, let's say, you know, your state Right, um, right when we have the population here. So population in Colorado in the latest check was 5.8 million people. So, you know, you could build, you know, 23 new schools. So I think that's just sort of a, you know, a way that you could start to to kind of quantify this and I think, you know, kind of argue, you know, so for example, in, you know, like Maryland, you could say, hey, you know, we only have medicinal, you know, and we can only make eight new schools, you know, maybe if we allowed adult use, you know, eventually we could be building, you know, 23 new schools a year like Colorado can do. Um, so, so I just thought that was an interesting metric, but just really arbitrary, um, just kind of pulling numbers out of my hat. Um, so not, nothing special about that, just trying to put some of these numbers in perspective. And then let's see um, if there's any elegant way to get the, Sorry to do this coding in front of you, but let's see if there's any way to get the latest population. Um, um, so, oh, and I forgot that we were going to try to predict prices. So that may have to, to wait till next week, but um, 
I can at least try to, to quantify how much better off people in these states are going to be. Um, okay, so we're going to go ahead and get that series. And basically, we want the last population. Don't know if this is going to be okay. So that's how we can get the latest population. Cool. So we can get, you know, essentially uh, GDP per capita in these states for uh, cannabis GDP. <laughs> so you know, the government's always measuring GDP. Well, we can kind of. Uh, you know, show how much better off, you know, people are from, from cannabis. Um, so, round this, just do it like that. Um, no promises this is going to work. GDP per capita from cannabis. No promises this is going to work first try, but we can always try. Okay. So looks like Maine, we may have uh, messed up our calculation, but and I always think these numbers look low, but you have to remember this is, this is everybody in the state, you know, everyone from newborn to retired person so like in colorado you know every like everybody's going to be about you know almost 300 dollars better off because because cannabis is legalized um and those are, would be people that aren't even consuming cannabis so this would just this is just more money in the economy um, and, you know, we haven't even really taken into consideration there could be a multiplier effect. So people that run cannabis businesses, they employ other businesses who in turn employ other businesses. So there's sort of a multiplier effect when, when you have the, the, you know, these number of sales. And remember, you know, these are sales that may have otherwise been taking place you know below ground you know not getting taxed with people who are willing to operate below ground getting this amount of money um, and i'm not saying that you know everybody's necessarily a bad character but i mean this is a lot of of money to be you know flowing untracked in the economy to potentially some shady characters, right? Like we can't pretend that there are going to be no shady characters in the, in the black market of cannabis. And so that's sort of what my sort of takeaway from today is. And today it's almost more of a, a lesson to other states. Um, so although we looked at these states, I think this is here, let's let's put it all together. I think this is more of a 
thought exercise for some of the states that may be on the fence about cannabis because I mean, the alternative is you either have a black market in your state with potentially millions of dollars getting into the hands of people that you don't have the least idea about. And the alternative, your opportunity cost is schools, right? Your opportunity cost of keeping cannabis illegal is potentially building, you know, up to, you know, 23 or so schools. And remember, these are, are low estimates. So we're going to revise our forecasts here to, to really try to get as close to the mark as possible. But I mean, I can't think this is anything but a good thing for these states. I mean, Illinois can potentially build 13, you know, top-notch new schools uh, next year. Um, then the alternative would have been $1 billion, you know, flowing into, um, you know, who, who knows whose hands. Um, so I think that's sort of my main point for today. So I guess I just wanted to share it with you. So if any of you are, you know, speaking to, you know, your state legislatures or just, you know, your community, because kind of things like this spread. So like, you know, kind of talk about this with, with your friends and family and, and explain to them like, Hey, like, not only are they making a large amount of money, but you can all put it into concrete terms where, you know, these states could be building dozens and dozens of new schools each year. And that's just 2022, just 2022. I mean, you could just, and, the, and these uh, are growing um, series. So I forgot to mention that it looks like Colorado, right? Colorado could have peaked, but for the most part, these are growing series. And so, you know, if I was a state, so if I was a state, you know, so here I am in North Carolina, population 10.6 million people you know i'd be looking at some of these other states and be saying like hey like you know colorado has a population of 5.8 million and they can build 23 new schools like you know how many schools could we potentially build or texas Texas has a population of 30 million. That's, or almost 30 million, right? That's, well, I guess Colorado is closer to 6 million. So let's say Texas is about five times the size of Colorado. Well, Texas, if you legalized adult use cannabis, you know, you're not going to get there overnight, but, you know, you could potentially be building 
five times the number of schools in Colorado. That's a hundred schools per year. So if you're, you know, a resident of Texas, I mean, these are sort of the things that you can try to use to persuade people who are on the fence and say like, hey, you know, it's either, this is your opportunity cost. It's, you can either let, you know, millions, if not billions of dollars flow into the hands of who knows who, or you could build, you know, a hundred new schools per year in Texas. You know, so, so these are sort of, uh, sort of persuasion tools that I'm arming you with. Um, and so, you know, you can look to st states that are doing well. So, um, and then, yeah, and see, you know, how their policies may work or may not work. And so, so I think that's sort of my main lesson for today, but I kind of want to end it there and see if anyone has any thoughts, but, but that was sort of what we've been building up to this year is one, we had to get the data, then we had to, to analyze it and make our forecasts. And now we can sort of discuss and analyze our forecasts. And so the final statistic I'll leave you with here today is keep in mind, we're, we've, we've excluded a couple states here from our analysis. So we still need to look at California, the most populous state, almost 40 million people. And we don't have a, a single good data point um, yet. Um, so we're working on it. I just, just haven't looked at California yet, just by happenstance. But we still need to you know, get Arizona data. Um, in the process of seeing if we can't get Michigan data, which is almost 10 million people. That's a, that's comparable to North Carolina. Um, so, and actually still need to get Montana's data, 1 million people there, can't, can't, can't count them out. And so, so there's still a few more states to add, but even with this, all the states that we have calculated, we've calculated that there'll be at least 6 billion in cannabis sales in 2022. Just in, you know, these, the, just from these handful of states, not there will be, we predict there will be. So, so 6 billion in sales. Well, you know, Uncle Sam may want to you know, start start looking at this too, right? Because six that's six billion in well actually I guess these people already are paying taxes. So actually they may already be paying tax to Uncle Sam. But um long story short is you know maybe even the federal government may want to start thinking about legalization. Um because once again you know, they may not spend the money on schools per se, but, you know, there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of social good that can be, that can be had. And so you're now armed with the data, some economic theory, and some statistics, and some know-how 
about the cannabis industry. So I hope you all go and you know spread the word and yeah, keep advancing cannabis science on your own as well. So we're, we're going to keep this up. So as I said, you know, here in 2022, we'll be checking all of these forecasts, right? Because if we're wildly off, we want to to admit that and, and show show everybody how wrong we were. So, so that's something to look forward to. And then the other thing is in 2022, we've been so focused on sales this year, we're going to be digging a lot more into the production side of things. So that way we can start looking at cannabinoids and terpenes, which were some of the things we were set out to look at. And then we can start looking at some more of the cultivation metrics, maybe even start to analyze manufacturing because manufacturing is something I know the least about in the cannabis industry. So it could be a fun time to learn together. So I think that's where I'm going to leave it for today. Don't want to take up too much of your time. I know everyone's time is precious. So any thoughts or comments before we conclude for today? I just think it's a good job. It was it was really informative. Um, you did a good job of just explaining. These are for fun statistics at the end. Pit butt. It was very informative and educational. And I'm excited for the cannabinoids. Because I've been messing around with data science with cannabinoids for a little bit, and I would love to hear insights on that as well. Definitely, Graham. And in fact, if you want to share any of your work, you're more than welcome to. So we've only been able to look at terpene and maybe cannabinoid data from Connecticut. So there's a good data set there that we've been working with. So let's definitely go back and forth and start preparing some good scientific analysis for the coming weeks because man, we've gotten so tied in with the economics let's get to some some interesting scientific questions so i think there's there's so much to cover so so definitely stay tuned for some exciting work there awesome awesome well i'm going to go ahead and conclude it for today just so you know, Saturday morning statistics is on Christmas, so you don't necessarily have to attend, but I was thinking if you want to sign up and register, so it's just $1, you can still get all of the material. So you don't have to actually attend, you can just, you know, enjoy festivities or what have you. And I can send you the recording and the material afterwards. So just thought I would throw that out there. So if any of you do want to sign up for Saturday morning statistics. I always try to make it worth your while. So for $1, I think uh, you'll get, uh, I think hopefully you'll get more than that in value. So just thought I would promo that real quick. So until next Wednesday or Saturday, if you want to tune in, I hope you all have a productive week. Keep your nose to the grindstone and have fun. <laughs> <laughs>